Good morning, White Oak. My name is Chris Emmons, and I wanted to let you know how glad we are to have you here with us this morning. We are now in week two of 2021. For many of us, the year is still new enough where we are hopeful for what it is holds and the promises that we might keep for a better year than 2020. I'm feeling pretty good that 2021 does not have to try very hard to outdo 2020. We have hope. We believe that big things can happen this year. This is what this series, Moving Mountains, is all about. We are focusing on the trust that God can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. We started last week by understanding that believing in God is seeing that He has the power to do anything. That if we just had belief the size of a mustard seed, which is really rather small, then God can move mountains. Now you may still be struggling with this idea of belief that's strong. And you're not alone. I have those struggles as well. This series is meant to help us all understand the truth of what Scripture teaches us about the power of Jesus, the power of God. We are diving into this idea that when we put our faith in the power of our Heavenly Father, then we are able to become mountain movers as well. And today, we are going to continue this conversation as we talk about a pivotal and powerful aspect of this relationship with God, prayer. Prayer is such an important part of our relationship with God. Now last year, if you were with us, we spent an entire month devoted to our topic of discussion to the Lord's Prayer and how this reflects our relationship with God. We called this series, Yours is the Kingdom. If you weren't there or you forgot the series, I'd encourage you to go back and watch them. In that series, we went through the Lord's Prayer found in Matthew chapter 6. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So from that prayer, we learned what prayer was all about. One, it's to honor God. Two, it's to submit ourselves before the most powerful one. Three, to ask forgiveness. Four, to beg our daily needs. And five, to lead us away from temptation. For many people, prayer is a difficult process as we feel unequipped, unprepared and confused about how to pray in effective ways. We struggle with how to pray. Am I saying the right words? Did I use thou or thee enough? Should I close my eyes the whole time? Can I pray while driving? Should I kneel? We struggle with making time for prayer. I spent years of my life ignoring prayer because I just didn't prioritize the need for it. We want to get up early and pray, but then we stay up too late or the kids wake us up in the middle of the night or we just feel tired. And when the alarm clock goes off, we choose the snooze button over going to prayer. We struggle with what to pray for. 
Should I pray for others and not myself? For some of us, we have this list of demands we take before God because we believe this is what praying is all about. You see, prayer is not easy. It should be, and God's always wanted it to be, but for flawed people like me, like you, it's not. So instead of relying on prayer, we turn away from prayer and we stop talking to our Father in heaven. We treat that relationship like we would a lost friendship. We feel awkward around them, so we start distancing ourselves and we eventually start ignoring them altogether. But you see, Scripture paints us another picture of prayer. Prayer is about powerful relationship with a heavenly Father who wants to make things happen. For God, prayer is not only about a relationship with us, but He he wants to make impossible things happen for our good. Now, we're going to be looking at the Gospel of Mark this morning. And Mark is the second book of the New Testament. And it's another way of telling the story of Jesus' life. Another perspective of what happened when Jesus was alive. So we're going to be picking up in Mark chapter 11. Now to give you some context here, we're nearing the end of Jesus' life on earth. In this passage, Jesus has just entered Jerusalem riding on the back of a donkey. And the people have praised Him as He entered, just as it was predicted. Then He's gone into the temple and He's overturned all of the tables of the money changers. He was in essence driving out all the evildoers who were taking advantage of believers. Now, in between coming into the city and cleansing the temple, Jesus, he curses a fig tree. Why? Well, simply because he was hungry, but the tree didn't have any fruit. Yeah, nothing Jesus did was that simple, okay, guys? Jesus didn't get mad at the tree and curse it. No, he was making a point. He was saying that if something is not productive and fruitful, then it's useless. Ouch. I mean, how many times can you say that you were totally productive? There have been many times in my life where I have been mostly unproductive, actually. In our spiritual life, Jesus is calling for us to produce faith. And if we don't, well, read the passage. Anyway, as Jesus and the disciples were returning from the temple, they saw the tree had actually withered up and died. And of course, the disciples are amazed. I mean, they'd seen Him heal lame people, make the blind see, you know, raise the dead. But to wither a fig tree? No way He could do that, right? It's amazing the disciples regularly doubted the power of Jesus. I mean, Kevin talked about this last week. There is regularly doubt in the minds of people that Jesus can make things happen. So Jesus decides to teach them once again the power of their relationship with His Father. And here's what He says to them in verse 23. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what He says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Jesus is saying right here to His disciples and to us, believe it can be done. That's it. But it's that next verse that really takes us where we need to be to make these mountains move. It's the next thing Jesus says that paints the way for the power of prayer. Here's what He continues to say. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received and it will be yours. Jesus is saying that when you ask for it in prayer, believe that it will be done, then it will be done. Jesus isn't saying, pray for a little bit and hope it will happen. He doesn't even say, maybe it will happen. Jesus says, believe and it will be yours. Jesus wants us all to pray big prayers. Today's big idea is pray like the world depends on it. And here's the reality. The world does depend on it. 
Jesus was using this point of the fig tree to show these men that if you pray with belief, then anything can happen. Honestly, we don't pray that way. We pray not like our world depends on it, but like it's a chore we need to check off a list. You can say it's not true, and maybe for you it's not. But for me, and maybe for a lot of you out there listening, this has been the truth for much of my prayer life. We don't go to our Father on our knees, begging for His mercies, looking for forgiveness and His grace, yearning for the full life that He promises, seeking His kingdom, honoring His will. Instead, and I know it hurts to hear this, we spend a lot of our praying with what might be considered small prayers. Prayers that seem to be focused on our needs. Like when we're sick or we face a disease like COVID or cancer, we go and ask Him to heal us or someone we know. When we lose our job and we need income, we go and ask Him to provide. When our kids are struggling to make friends, we ask God for help. When you can't have kids of your own and you beg God to give you the chance to be a parent. I mean, we pray for our church to grow and reach more people in our communities and more people like us. Listen to me. These are not bad things to rely on God for. No, no, no. But Jesus said, because Jesus said, whatever you ask, then God will provide. God wants to provide for us. As a father, I understand the desire to want to provide for my kids. My boys, Sam and Isaac, if I could give them everything they ever wanted, then I would. I would give them toys, stuff, education, money. I would. Why? Because I love to see them happy. I love to see the joy in their eyes when they get something they want. But here's the truth. I wouldn't be a good father if I gave them everything. If I gave them everything they thought they needed, that wouldn't be love. Love is knowing the difference between knowing what our kids want and what they need. It means knowing that oftentimes the desires of our children are dangerous or not the right thing at the right time. For many people, they have prayed for these miracles to happen and God doesn't seem to answer. They struggle with a father who would deny his children the things they truly desire. See, we just read that Jesus tells us that if whatever we ask for in prayer, believe that you will have it and it will be received. And while we want to believe that all we ask for will be given to us, Scripture also explains that this sometimes is not the case. In James 4.3, we read about Jesus' brother who wrote about prayer, and he says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. You spend it on your passions. James is saying to us that many times our prayers are about God's will, but they're about our own. We have passions and desires that, while not bad, they are not what God wants for our lives. Remember the prayer we started with above said, Your kingdom come, your will be done. I know I'm regularly finding my prayers being about my kingdom, my will. We can find the will of God if we spend time in His Word. The Apostle John wrote the following. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. We need to pray for our needs, but God really wants us to be praying for the kingdom of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, as I mentioned before, prayer is not just about asking for needs. This is only part of our prayer. For much of our prayer, it's actually about seeking the will of God. But a major component of seeking that will is listening. Prayer shouldn't be a one-way conversation where you're talking to God and spending no time hearing. Have you had conversations like that? I can tell you that when I talk to my almost four-year-old Isaac, 
Most of the conversation is him talking, and he doesn't want to hear a word I say. Honestly, he has this new thing where he asks me a question, I answer him, then he asks me three or four more times. It's infuriating. Have you ever wondered if God answers us and we don't listen for the answer? Then we just keep asking him the same question again and again. I'm really glad he's more patient than I am. You see, God wants us to pray like the world depends on it. He wants us to pray for big things that are not just about our own needs, but about the amazing, world-changing kingdom-bringing things that will change the whole world. Maybe when we pray for healing, He wants us to pray for the hearts of our people to heal, for the pain, racism, hatred, and divisiveness of this world to be healed through our love. When we lose our job, he might not want us to pray just to pray for income or a new job, but to pray for where he wants us to go. The mission field he's calling us to be part of and the lives that he will change through us. When we pray for our kids to get friends, maybe he would rather we pray for our kids to be world changers, that they would reach out to the least of these in their school and be the light for that group. When we pray for kids of our own, maybe God is telling you to look for those orphans out there in the world to be their hope. Maybe He's telling you that there are kids in your life already that need your love in new and powerful ways. When we pray for our church, God is calling us to not think in terms of a new building. Instead, God wants us to pray for who we can be sending out into the world to make the big church, His church, come alive and change thousands. He wants us to be praying for the people who don't look like we do, who aren't in our inner circles, who are hurting and pleading for something. He wants us to pray for those people. When we pray those prayers, then God will listen. If we go to God and pray for the full life He has offered us all along, then we will begin to see our prayers become big, powerful prayers. Prayers that are helping us to disciple, to learn from Jesus, to live like Jesus. See, Jesus knew this in his life. He knew the importance of praying for those things that mattered to God, and he proved that in his actions. Right before Jesus was about to be taken and face his penalty on the cross, he prayed to God. And what did he pray for? He prayed for you. He prayed for me. He prayed for all of us. Jesus prayed, I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. You see, in a moment where it would have been okay for Jesus to pray for his own needs, he didn't. When he could have asked for relief from the pain about to come, he prayed for our unification. He did this because he understood the will of God and he wanted big things to happen because of what he was about to do. He knew that it was important to be praying for our discipleship over his own earthly needs. I want to challenge you this week to spend some time in prayer every day. Get up in the morning, over lunch, before you go to sleep, wherever it works for you, then take time to pray. Talk to God. Even further, don't just let those prayers be about your personal needs. Think about the kingdom. Think about how God is equipping you to love others. We serve a God who is all-powerful, and we should pray as though this is true. Unfortunately for many of us, our prayers are about our needs, our desires, our concerns. 
we often miss the forest for the trees and we stop realizing that God wants us to pray big things for the kingdom of heaven to move on earth. Today, what if God said, unless you pray for the world, then I'm not going to move. We need to keep praying for our daily needs. And today, I want to challenge all of us that we need to start praying as though the whole world depends on our prayers. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come to you and have a relationship with you and pray to you each and every time we get up in the morning or in the evening or throughout the day. Lord, help us not to neglect those times. But more importantly, Lord, help us to pray big prayers that are focused on your kingdom and not our kingdom. We ask you to help us to see the, the forest beyond the trees so that we can start to pray for our neighbors, to pray for our world, to pray for everyone in, out there and, and instead of just praying for what we need. We ask you to be in our lives and for the relationship with you to grow in a way where we can know that we are mountain movers in your name. And it's in that name that we pray. Amen.